0: What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come into the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. going on peeps mr frets here and welcome to episode 91 of Fretzelmania. the doctor is in we have a historic and weird episode of smackdown to go through today it is halloween 2002 yes i'm aware that i I skipped a few weeks. I told y'all when I did Unforgiven that I was just gonna skip a bunch of weeks and actually skip a pay-per-view to kind of match up the timeline here. So it's the week of Halloween 2022. So why not go back 20 years? So yeah, I didn't do No Mercy, but a long time ago... Nate and I reviewed it on the Game Changer podcast. That's actually on my YouTube account. Like, I don't have, I don't contribute anything to my to my YouTube account, but uh, it's there. I think we put it there to try to get the audio, and then I think that episode never actually got released on Wrestle Attic Radio back in the day. So, if you want to listen to Nate and I talk about Katie Vick for two hours. Uh, be my guest (laughs) so before we get into smackdown i of course also like to see what else is going on in the world of of wrestling so monday night raw on october 28th 2002 this smackdownhotel.com site doesn't have where it was from But we had the Un-Americans, Lance Storm and William Regal, defeating the team of Rob Van Dam and Tommy Dreamer. Test defeats Goldust. The new World Tag Team Champions, Chris, Jericho, and Christian, oh, this comedy duo, oh, this is going to be good, (laughs) defeated Bubba Ray Dudley and Jeff Hardy to retain their championships. Christopher Nowinski defeated Booker T by DQ. For the Women's Championship, Trish Stratus, the champion, retains the title against Jacqueline and Molly Holly to retain. And if they actually gave those three ladies a lot of time, they would put on a very, very good match. And in the main event, to get his heat back following... No Mercy, the Intercontinental and World Championships being retained, I mean, unified, one show, one champion, non-title match, casket match, Kane defeats Triple H. And I can imagine that match was probably pretty awful, as awful as the Katie-Vick angle was. Meanwhile, at N.W.A. TNA, pay-per-view number 18, in front of about 500 people at the Nashville Fair- Fairgrounds Coliseum, you know, not the Impact Zone quite yet. That's at Universal Studios, if I'm not mistaken. So this one, we had Kid Cash defeating Tony Mamaluke, N.W.A. World Champion of Ron The Truth Killings pinned Scott Hall to retain his title. R.I.P. Scott Hall. NWA Tag Team Champions, America's Most Wanted, defeating Chris and Rick Michaels and Chase Stevens and Cassidy O'Reilly, the the Naturals, that, that tag team name almost escaped me. They were once managed by Shane Douglas, and I believe they were part of the match that actually ended up killing uh, Chris Candido. Nothing that anyone did there. Chris just broke his leg and then had a blood clot and then had pneumonia and then that wound up getting him, which was just absolutely gutting. We then had BG James, the Road Dog, pinning Ron Harris, recently released AEW producer Ace Steel. Oh, this is good timing. And Bruce, you know, the Bruce that has been uh, cross-dressing as of late, defeated Oré Estrada and Priscilla, whoever she is, when Bruce pinned Estrada. Jeff Jarrett pinned Kurt Henning in one minute. I can imagine there was a guitar shot in there. There was probably some shenanigans. Uh, Sonny Siaki pinned Jerry Lynn. And in the main event... X-Division Champion AJ Styles defeated The Amazing Red in what was probably an amazing match, pun intended. Meanwhile, on Apron Bump and RA Era Podcast's favorite show, Velocity, we had Funaki defeating Crash Holly, Albert defeating Chuck Palumbo, the new mishmash tag team of Farouk and Reverend Devon. Defeating Chase Stevens. Huh. He's popped up here. And not Cassidy O'Reilly as his tag team partner, but indie wrestler Big Bully Douglas. And in a brucey bonus for the fans, a bikini match where Tori defeated Nydia. Now, I want to go back here a week or two on one of my Velocity tapings, because on October 19th, we had an enhancement talent by the name of Bobby Roode getting squashed by Albert. Now this is a kind of a funny twist, you know, Bobby Roode just about a year and a half after this would wind up on, wind up on team Canada in TNA. And then would become, what's that word I'm looking for? Glorious in NXT, you know, Bobby's from up here in Ontario, uh, Peterborough, Ontario, Canada to be specific, which is about one town over from where I was born, about 45 minutes from the village where I was raised. Now, I hope when Bobby comes back, you know, if he comes back, that he winds up in NXT. You know, NXT has had a habit of bringing back some of their former stars for either a short run or a permanent run, you know, I looked at, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura was there facing the Tony D'Angelo's buddy, uh, at NXT Halloween Havoc, that ladder match was fantastic, that's the only part I watched from the show, we had a vignette featuring a retribution mask being burned, and you know, Dominik Dijakovic is going to be back on the black and gold brand full-time, and I low-key hope he's the one that takes the title off of Braun Breaker, I mean, the kid deserves it. He had absolute bangers with, with Keith Lee back in the day, back when NXT was actually good. At, and man, it's uh, it's cool. So yeah, and having a match with Bobby Roode, now that I talked about him again, that would be pretty damn good. Now we are right here in the SmackDown from Grand Rapids, Michigan. It is Halloween week of 2002, and the SmackDown roster is having a Halloween party backstage. We see uh, Farouk dressed as, I think it's Shaft. I think he's dressed as Shaft. Um, Eddie Guerrero as Zorro, and Chavo is the either the Lone Ranger or Tonto or something like that, or maybe he's just a, I don't know, a Mexican something. He's wearing a poncho and a hat, I think. And then There was uh, tequila and dynamite in his hand, so that might be a clue as to what he actually is. Tajiri dressing up as, you know, like Saturday Night Fever. He's got the disco outfit. He's got the afro. Shannon Moore dressed as the devil. Stephanie is a witch, probably specifically the Wicked Witch of the West. And then there is Vanilla Ice John Cena. The gears are really starting to turn here, but we haven't gotten to that part quite yet, we kick off this show with Edge versus Benoit. I mean, two of Canada's greatest imports, well, as wrestlers, you know how I feel about Chris Benoit the person, but as wrestlers, two of our good imports, like Putin and hockey, or Tim Hortons, or lacrosse, or something like that, so... Chris Benoit is one half of the Tag Team Champions, and I'm just going to have to catch you up to speed here because I skipped No Mercy. Between Unforgiven and No Mercy, SmackDown held a tournament to determine the inaugural SmackDown Tag Team Champions with the World Tag Team Championship being exclusive to Raw following Unforgiven. And... Good friends, better frenemies Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle reluctantly paired with one another but wound up winning the tournament and the championships defeating Edge and Rey Mysterio in a barn burner at No Mercy and now these frenemies are kind of feuding but kind of also trying to be The tag team champions. I believe there was some kind of stipulation that if they did something in this tournament or as champions to cost each other something, that they would be suspended for a year if if I'm not mistaken. So Edge and Rey Mysterio are kind of going for the tag team titles here. You know, and to bring this back full circle, Nate, take a shot. Uh, Edge and Rey Mysterio were tagging on Monday Night Raw recently and Corey Graves, you know, brought up the fact that they're former tag team champions and former partners, you know, part of the the illustrious SmackDown 6. And there's a cover of the WWE magazine with Edge, The Future Is Now, or The Future Is For Six Months Until I Break My Neck. And there's the WWE stands for, not Walk With Elias, but Women Want edge hide your wives it's edge we see an arm bar which is hole number two of 1004 a lot of great chain wrestling here with these uh two members or victims of the heart family dungeon here i think edge spent a little bit of time in the dungeon back in the day please correct me if i'm wrong we have edge with a really nice gut buster here and Scott Steiner is being referenced on commentary here, saying that there's a bit of a bidding war going on between Raw and SmackDown to gain his contract. And I don't think we find out about this until Survivor Series. We see Edge, you know, getting sent into the steps. A really nice high-angle suplex by, by Chris Benoit. Edge has a bloody nose. Benoit with a really nice basement or dungeon dropkick. And a, a Brett's Rope X-Factor by Edge. Edge is taken to Suplex City, Alberta. Benoit goes for the Air Canada, but eats nothing but canvas. Edge does a faceplant. There's a spear into a crossface, which is rolled through. And in this roll through, the ref is taken out. Kurt Angle comes out here, which Benoit takes exception to. And the tag teams bump into each other. Flying Edge to the outside, and Benoit moves, so Edge takes out Angle. A spear, and Edge wins the match. Angle screwed Benoit here. Let's see if Benoit returns the favor later in the match during Kurt Angle's match. But this is really a slow burn towards Royal Rumble 2003, where they put on an absolute classic. Backstage, vanilla ice, Cena starts freestyling, and we really start to see the wheels turning here with a new gimmick. You know, John Cena for the past few months has just kind of been stale, regular old, white meat baby face, tights. John Cena kind of getting lost in the shuffle a little bit here, and allegedly he was almost future endeavored around this time until I think he was. They were on, like, a bus somewhere, and he was freestyling, and it got the attention of Stephanie McMahon, And says, we're going to put this on TV. And, of course, he ends his <clears throat> his little rap here with word life. Chuck Palumbo is dressed as cultural appropriation. Tori looks like some kind of, like, badass battle princess. I thought it was Xena, but we might be way off here. Tajiri hits on Marilyn Monroe, but of course it ends up being Mae Young, get it? Because they're both old. The legend himself, Al Wilson dressed as Fonzie, complete with the A and his girlfriend, Don Marie as a cop. Oh man, we're going to get into some Al Wilson and Ta- Don Marie. Uh, I looked ahead to next week and Oh, man, we're going to have Al Wilson Appreciation Night, everybody. (laughs) Let's go. Tori and Don have some words. Benoit comes in, crashes the party, yelling, looking for Kurt Angle. And, of course, Kurt Angle was wearing the screen mask all along while Benoit just storms out. Brock runs into some boy dressed as Tarzan. Maybe this is a precursor to Jungle Boy, some twenty years ago, although Jack Perry would have been a kid at this point in time, so not possible. Brock walks into his locker room where Paul Heyman is waiting for him. Uh recently on SmackDown, the big show challenged Brock to a title match at Survivor Series and has been kinda getting the upper hand on Brock, which is causing Heyman to have serious doubts about Brock's future as champion. So he's talks about how Hell in the Cell kind of took a lot out of Brock mentally, and physically, of course. He talks about the Big Show. You know, he's seven feet tall, and you can't teach that. You can't suplex the Big Show. You can't F5 him. Um, yes and yes to both of those, with the benefit of hindsight. Heyman then says to Brock that you can't beat The big show and Brock just jerks his neck and kind of stares at him. And it is now time for a quick ad break here. When we come back, we got the big show versus Rakishi in what should be meat slapping majesty. So sit back, relax, or get up and stretch. Go hydrate yourself, or if you're walking, just keep walking and. Listen to the commercials. Cheers. What is going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rosé, your general manager here at Wrestle Attic Radio. And if you have some time on Thursday, each and every Thursday, I want you guys to check out my show, The King's of the rings podcast where we cover all the news that has been in the boot inside and outside of the ring from wwe to aew all the way over to new japan and impact wrestling and beyond that's kings of the rings podcast each and every thursday exclusively on wrestle radio and welcome back one of all this portion of the show is brought to you Buy our merch store on Spring.com, link will be in the description below. First off, thank you to PhantomArk82 for use of this theme, Stronger Than Fear. His latest album, Duality, is out wherever you can download or stream music. Link to his stuff will be in the description of this podcast. Spring.com, home to our merch store. We have now expanded it even more. That include things like nintendo switch cases basketball shorts shower curtains tapestries stainless steel tumblers mugs notebooks yoga mats accessory pouches all that and so much more from all of us on wrestle attic radio like it or not folks christmas is right around the corner so why not get an early start on your shopping, by hitting our merch store on Spring, featuring all of us the Fretzelmania Collection, the Mr. YLP Collection, the Kings of the Rings Collection, featuring individual ones from the Queen Bee themselves, Agent K. Murphy, Willie T., and of course, our resident royalty, King Ricky Rose, and of course, the Brace for Impact Collection featuring Good Brother, Nate the and Great, or Nate the Grandana, if you will. <laughs> also, check out our Patreon. There's a bunch of old Patreon-exclusive content on there, like Frex's Fave 5, the 20-bell salute, love and war... Tales of an Epic Nature, and so much more. I keep saying I'm, try- I'm going to try and get some stuff out there in the next little while, but but you know, work calls, folks, so you'll see something when you see something. Maybe a Fave 5, maybe something else. So be sure to check out our Wrestle Attic Radio merch store, The Cure, for the Common Wrestling merch store. Again, big thanks. Phantom Mark 82 for the use of this theme. Check his music out everywhere YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. Now, on to the rest of this show. In our Meat Slapping Majesty match of the night, I might have to make this a segment The Big Show versus Rakishi. Big Show is in the era where he's wrestling in a t shirt and jeans. Rikishi knocks The Big Show out of the ring. Kish is sent into the post, and commentary here is referencing that The Big Show was traded to SmackDown from Raw for question mark. I believe this is a, for future considerations trade, if you will. The Big Show removes the top and middle turnbuckle, and if the Murphy's Law of Pro Wrestling says anything, they who insert spot here, set up a table, set up a stack of chairs, remove turnbuckles, are the ones to go through it. But actually, Rikishi is whipped into them. The Big Show, with the British Bulldog tribute of the running Power Slam, because he's bizarre, a showstopper with one hand, Big Show wins. Big Show cuts a promo and then cuts it through the break. Brock squares up to him. And then they have a promo off here. Uh, Big Show is shown here at No Mercy. I believe it was No Mercy, No Smackdown following No Mercy, tossing the Undertaker off of the stage and is being written off for a while. I believe he comes back at War Rumble, if not before. Uh, Now it's time for the not main event, a trick or treat match with Don Marie versus Tori Wilson they're in like pudding or chocolate milk a pool of something just oh boy Don Murray dressed as a cop and Cole says on commentary that he'd like to get frisked by Don Murray TMI dude just no and tonight Smackdown is brought to you by Xbox the JVC Tower of Power featuring mp3 playback Oh man, how far technology has come. And Atari's Godzilla for the PS2 and the Xbox. This is a food fight. Basically, there's a you know a bunch of tables set with food and there's a big pool of, I don't know if it's chocolate pudding or milk or poo. I don't know what. A bunch of air horns going off by all the pervs in the crowd. The ref gets milked or chocolated or pooed. Gets browned, let's just say. There's a suplex in the in the brown viscous liquid. The clothes are being ripped off. <laughs> Don is pinned following a spot. The end. And then Tony Chimmel gets ribbed. Tori throws her in there. Oh, boy. We then see the party backstage where Billy Kidman is dressed as the Phantom of the Opera. Tad's with the af- afro is sitting there with me and Mula lights go out. And Matt Hardy comes in with a boombox to his own theme. The I Can Slap a Tornado one. The I Live for the Moment. That's what it's called. Matt Hardy, version one, is about to inject this party with a dose of Mattitude. By the way, Mattitude era better than Attitude era. I will go into my bunker into hiding now. Los Guerreros come into frame here and ask Stephanie for a title shot while glaring right at her boobs. John Cena is rapping to Steph, kind of hits on her, and then tells her that Vince is here in your office. Oh, but wait, dear child, there's more. We then see Matt Hardy versus Tajiri, and this is the first time that I've heard, at least in the timeline, because I've skipped a month and a half, the typing part of Matt's theme. Oh, yeah! And this week's Matt fact is, Matt always got more Halloween candy than his brother, and Matt has seen all of the Friday the 13th movies. I hope that doesn't include Jason Goes to Hell, because that movie sucks ass. We then hear commentary put over... Smack down your vote. That campaign is still going on. Be sure to go vote, kids. But actually, actually go do that. Seriously, really, really go do that. We see great chain and counter wrestling. You know, this could have been right out of the Cruiserweight Classic in, in 2006. But 16, holy shnikes. Yeah, but in 2016, Matt was busy being uh, broken. That's the word I'm looking for. Matt hits a side effect. We see Tajiri with some chops. Matt rakes the eyes. Taz tells a story about his Uncle Carmine howling at the moon after a couple of forties. Man, me after a couple of forties uh would be um uh, dead. That that's what that, that's what it would be. Matt Matt's yodeling leg drop misses. There is a kick by Tajiri and a kick out, a tarantula, a counter into another tarantula. But then we see a low blow and a twist of fate, and Matt Hardy, version one, wins this match. In what might have been the weirdest spot in 2002, and that's saying something based on other things I've seen in 2002, like HLA, like Katie Vick. This one's up there a man in a Vince McMahon mask. That is, Stephanie McMahon's father comes into frame here. Halloween party. Of course you're dressed up like Vince McMahon. It's Halloween. Guy in Vince mask talks about Scott Steiner joining Raw. Eric takes off his mask and kisses Stephanie. She tries to push back, but eventually accepts it, and it gets kind of Uh, Randy. Like, you know, they're really like going, going in it. And I just think that is so, so damn weird. I mean, you have a mask of your father, and then 20 seconds later, you're Frenching the girl. I'm pretty sure Oedipus and Freud would have a field day with this one, and which is even weirder. Vince McMahon was probably directing this and sitting there like, yeah, kiss her kiss my daughter i don't know if the allegations of them wanting to do a an angle that was very <clears throat> not necrophilia they did that with Kane and Triple H that's not the word i'm looking for um incest that's the word i'm looking for yeah i don't know if it's true that WWE wanted to do an incest thing where Vince is like the father of Stephanie's child when she was actually shoot pregnant. I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is, like I get it, shock TV. There's a line and I'm pretty sure that Vince McMahon not only crossed it but defecated on it when he did like, well, HLA, when he did Katie Vick, when he did the whole thing with God. um, Yeah, this is the weirdest segment I've seen in O2. Just looking at it from that kind of perspective, but maybe that's because my mind just might be a filthy cesspool. That could also be the whole thing. But then, fade to black, this segment's over. Praise the Lord. We have Eddie versus Kurt Angle. The ghosts of WrestleMania Future and I think SummerSlam and many more episodes of SmackDown. Holy crap. This this is good. This is good shit, pal. Very loud You Suck chants directed towards Kurt Angle but also towards Eddie Guerrero. You know, the fans haven't really warmed up to Eddie yet. Eddie's still kind of a heel but Angle is also one right now, but Angle is also the wrestler that just we all love to pick on. And it's kinda of funny here. Both are getting a lot of heat here. A lot of Eddie sucks chance, a lot of angle angle sucks chance, but the crowd kind of turn and start cheering for Kurt because they're not ready to embrace Eddie yet. Because he hasn't really got anything going with his lie cheat and steel gimmick yet. Actually hasn't even started yet, so right away here Angle Eddie just gets bodied to the outside. Eddie does a really nice Saito suplex. A lot of let's go angle chance. Fickle All y'all are fickle. Angle with a power slam, Eddie with a basement drop kick, a triangle choke. By Eddie is reversed into the ankle lock. We see a German suplex that absolutely turns Eddie inside out. The three Amigos doesn't even get one Amigo, is reversed into three German suplexes. The straps come off, and that means this match is over. It's toast. Ankle lock, angle slam, it's over. But an angle slam was reversed into a cradle. Eddie with a springboard tornado DDT just mocked. He then locks in the lasso from El Paso. It's reversed into an ankle lock. Frog splash. Angle sends the ref into Eddie. Out comes Chavo. Benoit then hits his own tag team partner with their tag team championship. Eddie hits the frog splash. And Benoit returns the favor from earlier in the night. Eddie wins this match these frenemy tag team champions has given me some serious uh team hell no vibes maybe a little bit of raven and tommy dreamer from ecw in uh, in 99 benoit then just levels everyone with the title (laughs) one for you eddie (laughs) one for you chavo this man just gives no shits it's hilarious cradango comes backstage to crash the halloween party Throws Shannon Moore over a table. He's looking for Benoit. There's a man in the giant teddy bear costume. And then there's the guy in the screen mask. And is just like, oh yeah, it's obviously you. Takes off the mask. I love you. Friggin' Bruce Pritchard here. Brother love. Like, oh, what the hell is he doing here, Cole? He's producing the show, Taz. Benoit jumps Angle. We then see an angle slam through the... through the table with all the food and they're both out so maybe they allege that angle hit his head when doing the angle slam through the table i don't know but this tag team title feud is hilarious and man we're going to get into a hell of a triple threat match at survivor series with a special guest whom i will reveal when the time comes brock lesnar versus Rey mysterio is your main event. Oh boy, <clears throat> Rey Mysterio is going to die here, man. Holy smokes. But right away, Rey is trying to use his speed as an advantage. He drops the dime on Brock almost right away. Then Brock just tosses Rey Mysterio. There's a senton to the outside. Brock pops up, hits a powerbomb into the ring post on the outside. He holds Rey Mysterio in the Bruno Martino backbreaker for a long time and then just slams him. Suplex Slitty, Ray kicks out. 619, but then in the middle of the 619, the big show catches Ray, throws Ray Mysterio right into the crowd a la Bam Bigelow, Spike Dudley in 98, and choke slams Brock through a table to end this show. That'll do it for this episode of Fretzelmania, folks. Be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, I'm not on TikTok that much anymore, but still, go there anyways. At Fretzelmania, F-R-E-T-Z-L-E, Mania. This podcast is available on Attic Radio, the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Be sure to check out The Young Lion's Journey. You know, Mr. YLP is currently on hiatus, but he is documenting his, his experiences with his mental health and his therapy it's a really good educational listen. I highly suggest checking out episode one. Zach, I'm sorry, I haven't gotten episode two yet. I'm still working lots. And I still haven't got caught up on the <clears throat> Brace for Impact podcast either. Nate, I'm sorry. But check him out. Nate is doing the NWA TNA pay-per-view. I think I'm joining him for for a show later this year. You're going to have to wait and check and see what... What that one is, uh, he's going through some banger TNA pay-per-views. This is the era, in my opinion, that might be the best in the company's history. And the Kings of the Rings podcast streaming every Wednesday night starting at about 7.30-ish for the pre-show. Starting at 8 and going till just after 10 depending on how the post-show goes with Shooting the breeze, sometimes they do trivia, but it's a really, really fun show. Uh, King Ricky Rose, Willie T, K. Murphy, every Wednesday night. Yes, it's during Dynamite. Put it on in the background like I do. The chat is a lot of fun. It's mostly me spamming and shooting the breeze and dropping in a bunch of not-that-funny commentary. So yeah, Kings of the Rings podcast, every Wednesday. Then the audio show drops on... Thursday, if you can't check them out. I, of course, drop every Friday. Check out our merch. Check out our Patreon. Keep your sticky on the ice, folks. And we'll see you next time.